Ooh. Ooh, I ain't know KB could join a podcast like that for Orange Arrow. What up, boss? Hey, man, anything I could do for you. you My know. guy, man. Anything I, I could do for you, Man, Star it's Rock. the man, the myth, the legend. Yes. Mr. Kevin Barlow, man. My bro, man. So good to see you, man. Hey, man, we're going in, what, about 20 years now? Wow. Knowing each other? What? It don't even seem like it. It doesn't. It don't, right? It doesn't. I feel like we were just... Walking the trees or at Sutherland, like last year, is crazy. So I'm gonna get an analogy. It's almost like me, like stiff arming you in practice. So let's go that. Well, we might as well end this now, Doc. I don't know what you talk about now. You gonna come to the podcast and lie, buddy? Cause you and stiff arming. Cause I just stayed away from your oh, go out your legs, bro. I knew better than that, dog. What I look like, man. No, no, you was a great player, so you probably would have tackled me. My so. guy. Well, yeah, with, yeah. at least I would have held you up enough for the linebackers or Ramon Walker, somebody to come help me out. I don't want no problems with Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, our, man. Our Gerald Hayes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, G. Hayes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we had some dogs there at Pitt. Yes, we did. Man, before yeah. we get into it, man, I'm going to start off with a little likeness, man. A little this or that, bro. Oh, yeah. Let's, a, let's, a little, let's go. A little, little this or that, man. Let the people get to know you a little bit. Spider-Man or Batman? Wow. I wish you would have prepped me with these questions. So this is... This is off the top. So for me, you know, I've never been like a Marvel guy or into like cartoons and things. Oh, actually cartoons. I actually miss Saturday morning cartoons. You know, Saturday can, morning? Yeah, I remember. You remember. Which one stands out? Saturday morning cartoons. Like, oh, you probably like He-Man or something like that. Oh, you just said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, like, there it yeah, is. But for me, I, I would have to say Batman. Batman. Yeah. Why is that? Batman, okay. Because right now, you're my, you're Robin, so every time I'm around, I'm always the captain. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the head coach, you're the assistant coach, dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, no. I, you know. I'm Jory, you Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all love, dog. It's all love. You know, I like, because when I'm in the presence of my friends, they, they always play the Robin role. So. I, I dig it, bro. I dig it. I respect the confidence. I also like the, I also like the way... I also like the way Batman moved at night. It's mm. like he conquered. He yeah. conquered the night, right? Yeah. And uh, the way he con conquered it gracefully, and he helped so many others. So I would have to say Batman. Batman. Personally. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So you have to take a five-hour trip. Okay. Are you driving or are you flying? Wow. That's, a, that's actually a tough one. You know, um, for me now, I will have to, I will have to fly. I like to fly. Fly. Yeah. I think that driving over the years has, has became uh, a little bit of a challenge due to football. You right. Know, just aches and pains and right. knee surgeries and right. concussions. Right. But when I was in, living in California, in San Francisco, it's very scenic, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Peaks My and wife's from the Bay, so yeah. Right, the Bay Area. So that's God's country as far as just like nature goes. Right. So at this time in my life I'm I'm fly. You fly, I'm fine. Flying. But back then you wouldn't mind a, a scenic drive. Yeah. I dig I, it. I, I enjoy I enjoy the scenic, scenic drive dig and nature it. and things like that. Sunset, you know. Shaq or Kobe. Oh man, Shaq or Kobe. I think I know who you're going with, but let me see. Go ahead. So like this is a toss up for me because Kobe, right, he we're he's the same age as us, around the same age right. and so I remember his his journey and I admired him from going from high school to college, and he actually has my initials. Yeah. So I've always. Well, he actually skipped college. I'm sorry. Yeah, he went straight to the pros. To the pros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Is right. he from Philly? Yeah, he's from Philly. Yeah, right, so, right, right. Know, I heard a lot of being from PA. I heard a lot. That of makes about sense. Philly, so totally big fan. Of, and he like he went to the prom with Brandy. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Like, so, That's when Mo to the 
right. to the that Moesha brand. Right, right, yeah, right, 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 yep, so, yep. so I'm a fan of Kobe, but without all that being said, I'm going with the Diesel. You're going with Shaq. Yes. Shaq food. I'm, I got to go with Shaq. Okay. I feel like he's the most dominant player. Yeah. Ever. You know, physically, you know, he was, uh, his talent, how gifted he was. And also, like, he's the new CEO of Papa John's, and that's my favorite franchise pizza. It's, <laughs> was that a plug? Was that an ad, man? Was get a check for that? I just, I just talked to it. <laughs> All right, here we go. I got one last one for you, man. This is tough. I'm going to make it a little tough for you. Okay. Need some pick greats here. One season, you're going Curtis Martin or Tony Dorsett as your running back. One season. Okay, I have to leave this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this too. Come man. on, man. Come okay. on, bro. I warmed you up a little bit, man. Okay. We talked about Batman. Okay. I played your Robin. That's fair. You know what I mean? You flying. That's fair. You're going Shaq. All right, yeah, Come bro. on, Curtis or Tony, man. Wow, man. Legends. You put me on the spot. So, this is no disrespect to either one, and obviously both of them are great. The top two running backs to ever leave pit. And you can couple me in there and Shady McCoy and James Conner. That's a great question. Who's number three, though? Well, go ahead. We'll, we'll, stick, with, we'll stick with the uh, Curtis and Tony. Who you going with? So, after yeah. them two. But anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah let that rock. Go ahead. So, for me, it would be, uh, I'll have to go with Curtis Martin. Oh, okay. Like, not, not granted. Like, I love, I'm actually, the only reason why I'm going with Curtis Martin is because I'm not, I actually never got a chance to see Tony Dorsett play. I just know about the legacy right. and the myth, right? right? And what he did for this university. Obviously, he's the greatest. Totally. You know, but for me, I would say Kirk because we have similar backgrounds, right? We grew up in the inner city, and I always looked up to Kirk growing up. He's about five years older than me. And Curtis, he took me under the, under the wing. He mentored me oh, wow. uh, all throughout my years in Pitt. You know, he used to come pick me up. We used to go eat. And so I'm a little bit more lenient towards, you know, towards Kirk. But um, for me, it would be Curtis Martin. There's no wrong answer there. Right. No wrong answer. And so that leads me into my next question. So, Mr. Kevin Barlow, you talked about this a little bit. So, where are you from? Pittsburgh. Yeah, born and raised in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Born and raised in Pittsburgh. I grew up in uh, the inner city. Uh, like we just said, that's what me and Curtis with similar backgrounds. And I grew up in the Friendship Garfield area. And, uh, yeah, that's where that's where I'm from. Garfield. So, what high school? Uh, it, it's no long, it no longer exists. It's called... It was Peabody High Peabody, School. Peabody, okay. But now it's, they changed the name to Obama. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. so yeah, now it's called Obama, but I, I went to Peabody High School. And so we know football. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. What other sports did you play? Oh, yeah, I was very athletically gifted. You know, it was God gifted. Um, <clears throat> my mother was an Olympic sprinter, so I got a lot of my athletic talent from her. I had an uncle that played, you know, um, NBA. Hold on, we got to pause. Your yeah. mom was an Olympic sprinter. Then she, you know, I ruined those. <laughs> wow. I ruined her for, yeah. So you, you know, you know what events like the 100, 200? Uh, you know, she doesn't talk about it very much. Wow. But yeah, she she made it qualified qualified to the Olympics and all that. But then, you know, was her, uh, she got pregnant with a knucklehead named KB. Right. How about that? Right, how right, about right, that? Right, and right. so you had an uncle that made it to the NBA. Yeah, I got an uncle, 76ers. Uh, these are all trials. I was the I was the only one out of my family to actually make it pro. Right. But, you know, they went along the journey. That's in significant. The NFL, so uh, NBA, things like that. So um, played all the sports, basketball, baseball, football, excel really at uh, baseball. But I didn't I didn't want to play because no one ever came to the games. 
<laughs> so for me, I just was like, I'm going to focus all my energy on basketball. Right, right. You want the spotlight a little bit. You at least want to be the lead Batman, right? You don't want to be Robin, so you want people to come I, check you I'm out. Batman. <laughs> I need that Batman lead so I can glorify the Lord. Nah, I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. That's cool. So what position in baseball? Uh, pretty much every position. Outfield, infield. I play catcher, pitcher, shortstop. Um, first base. I wasn't too far in the second, and I, and I played outfield occasionally, but pretty much in the infield. Growing up, I played baseball. Baseball, man, I loved the game of baseball. I was a shortstop and center fielder. Oh yeah, I, I mean you're you're an athlete. You know, I could I, from your DB skills, I know you. You know how talented you was. Yeah, you probably because you throw the ball pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was well-rounded athlete. Like I could pretty much do it all. Yes. Okay. Yes. Excellent. And so, uh, talk to me about the. Recruiting process. So, what's, what schools were you considering coming out of high school? Oh, that's funny you say that. So, like, I really wanted to go to Syracuse because they ran the same offense as I did in, in, um, in high school. And there was a guy up there by the name of Donovan McNabb. Yep. That was Legendary there at that time. Right. And I, I just admired him and looked up to him so much. I wanted to play for Syracuse. But then this little guy that left from Ohio State. He came knocking on my door one day. He was the offensive coordinator. And he said, Kevin, I'm going to turn you into Eddie George. And his name was Walt Harris. How about that, Coach? <laughs> what's up, Coach? I know yeah. you be listening. What's up, Coach? I love Walt. He's, he's the best. He's one of the greatest, speaking of our greatest running backs with uh, Curtis and um, Tony, I feel like Walt's one of the greatest uh, coaches that ever coached at Pitt. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Elder Pitt, my guy, Coach Harris. I'm actually playing golf with him soon. Yeah, he's a great man. Send my love. Yeah, well, he coached me up on the golf course. I need all the coaches I could get. <laughs> I need all the help I can get, I'm bro. Sure, I'm sure he enjoys coaching. Yeah, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So so Syracuse, Coach Harris comes to recruit you, and you decide to stay home. Yeah, because you know why? They lost 72 to nothing to Ohio State the year before. I remember before. hearing about that. Then they lost to Notre Dame, like 63 to nothing. And then it was like, so I was at home, and I was like, man, let me. I, I, I took it personal. I said, let me stay home and go to Pitt and turn this program around. That that was my mindset wow. at that time. Like, I really thought, I was like, these dudes are losing 72 to nothing. I said, I'm going to stay home and go to Pitt. And that's why I ended up, you know, deciding to come to Pitt. But as far as, like, offers and scholarships, I got offered from pretty much everyone on the east side of the, of the country. How about that? So you wanted to stay home and support the local team. Yeah. And so... When Walt was coming, so that was that would been his first year, your your rookie, your freshman year. So my fresh year was Walt's first year and Buddy Morris's first year. Got you, got you, Buddy Buddy Morris, legendary trainer. He's still doing it. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually still speak with Buddy often, and uh, he's in Arizona. Cardinals. Arizona with the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. he's been doing it a long time. He, I mean, he's a he's a legend, you know. So if anybody get a hold of Buddy, they should hold on to him until he decides to leave. Until he decides, if he decides, <laughs> if he wants to retire. Yeah, right. Because there's so much knowledge and wisdom with Buddy that. You got to just sponge it up. Yeah, buddy. Incredible. I remember we had this workout and we had to squat and then ride the bike. <laughs> so you, I forgot how many times you had to squat. You had to squat something heavy and it was timed. Both of them, the squats. And then also you had to ride the bike and keep it at a certain level. Yeah. After the third set. Your boy Shaw Rob fell to the ground, passed out. <laughs> Buddy counted me out. We got another one. We got another one. It was a wrap. I mean, just think about it. I think it was by, by freshman year. That is crazy. Like, Buddy's the best. Like I said, I still speak with him, but just think about those two 
minds that we had in the locker room. Walt Harris, who's an offensive genius, right, and coach, and Buddy Morris. Like, just to be in their presence during those times. Like, you don't think about it in that moment, That's right? true. That's true. You know? Yeah, we, we were, trying to get out of practice. Right. We try to go right. go to the uh, old, go get some to eat, something like that. Right, right. right. I mean, not study all. But, um, what's it called? Uh, Mill. But yeah, um, they go eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah they go that, eat. Yeah, yeah. there's a name Dinner tape. Uh, Donnie Hall. You basically the Donnie yeah, Hall. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Study, we, had, yep. we had a name for it, but, uh, uh, you know, we was trying study to... Study table. No, no, no. That's the, not it. The, All right. The, the eat. We had to go eat, though. Yeah, yeah. We had to go eat. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but, you know, we had to eat. They didn't, we, didn't, we had a limited amount of swipes, too, back That's then. That's true. So, we didn't get to eat like we wanted to. Like yeah. these guys do now. They got an unlimited amount of swipes. Oh, do they? Yeah, they're yeah, winning. They changed that rule. Oh, wow, they're winning. Yeah, they're yeah. winning. We, uh, we crossed so, so they can run. <laughs> <laughs> we the trailblazers. So, Pitt running back, mm-hmm. uh, 43. Okay. No, not 43 yet. You're number in college. Forty three, yeah, my number. Forty three in college, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you and the switching it and the pros, yeah. But but staying in college here, what's some of your fondest memories at Pitt? Oh man, just like changing the culture here, like like I said, like you know, it was a losing culture, and with Walt and how Coach Harris came and he he dealt with an iron fist, but I think at that time you needed that type of mentality, that that uh, his presence, but. We changed the culture and just going to a bowl game my first year and beating some of the teams that people thought we wouldn't beat, like Notre Dame we beat, um, we beat Penn State. Like so I got We got we got a pause on that with Notre Dame. That was a that was the last game in Pitt Stadium. It was it was the last game in Pitt Stadium and um I scored the last touchdown yeah. in that stadium. And uh, so that's a memory that I always take with me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I was on the sideline for that, I was red shirted. I didn't play, but that was I was exciting because they Tore down the goalposts and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's coming up on 20 years this year. Seriously. 20 years. We're giving our age away. Right. Like uh, 20 years, 20 since, years. That, since that game, since we won that game, you know. I didn't even make that connection that you were the last person to ever score a touchdown that, at Pitt Stadium. And, I, I mean, I remember it because Walt had the um, he had the picture in his office for so long, and he just gave it to him. I went to breakfast with him not too long ago, and he gave it to me, and... Um, I didn't, you know, at that time, you don't think about those things. You know, just, you know, you're in the moment. You just, but after you, you remove yourself and you reflect, you're like, wow, Pittsburgh kid from Pittsburgh scored the last touchdown in Pitt Stadium. You know, so it, it's something special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Storybook, storybook ending. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. No, the storybook ending was when I had 275 yards against West Virginia. That's my, my last game at Pitt ever. Yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> Three Rivers. That was that was an incredible game. Thank you. I remember that. that that's my fondest memory of you playing right. at you on the on the field and being your teammate. Man, you you went wild that game. Yeah, I was in a whole different zone, and I, I obviously you know with the, my God gifted ability. You know, I don't I don't take any credit for for that. And I, you know, I was just, um, it was just an exciting day. And I was zoned out, and uh, it was the last game. So obviously, I know how to class up. I mean, close out last game. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a theme going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I, I would have to say that's one of the, the greatest moments ever. Memories for me is that, is that game and uh, the Notre Dame game and beating Penn State, obviously, right? Right, definitely. That's always uh, a special moment. So. Yeah, I got to pick that game. We rocked that game. Oh, yeah, you did. Let's yeah, go. You were clowning on the Held it pit, held it pit. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of ooh. Man, one of the things I take away from 
college is the relationships, the friendships, and the brotherhood. And there's so many great people who have gone through Pitt. Some of my closest friends are because of you know going to Pitt together and being teammates. And so we start off the podcast with, ooh, ooh okay, I know Barlow could start the podcast like that. Man, where did that start? That started with Brandon Williams. B-Dub, that's my brother right there. Oh, we, how can you not love B-Dub? B-Dub. But uh, there was this guy by the name of Brandon Bird. And his name is Bird. Okay, Bird. Yeah, and he was, he made practices so much fun. <laughs> I mean, we would be going through camp, right? And it'd be 100 degrees, and we want this is when we had three days. Right, right? at Johnstown. Johnstown. Johnstown and at Pitt. Yeah, that's right, right, right. Three days, full pads, right? Right. And he would just come out and just be high-stepping. <laughs> Dancing, so he because he had fresh legs, right? He didn't he didn't get much practice, but it just lightened up the the moment. And then Brandon was just joking like, <laughs> and he used to do like these stretches. He'd do like two or three stretches at once, <laughs> and he uh, would be like, Ooh, I didn't know a bird could do two stretches at once. <laughs> he like KV look. <laughs> So that's how that started. And it just kept and going. And it's been ever since. Ever since. It's been 20, 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. And he's still stretching. <laughs> he's still stretching. Bird he, is still stretching. He's doing a great job. Has a great career. Training young athletes. Getting ready for the next level. That's really cool. And, and y'all still tight today? To, to this day, I still. He's one of my closest friends. And, um, he, you know, it's... You would never. Th- I just. I took a liking to him. He was quiet. He was reserved, and uh, he was a walk-on. So I, you know, I don't know how he, he felt as far as meshing with the guys earlier. But I, I just took a liking to him, and I was just like, "Hey, man, why don't you you want to go grab a bite one day?" And ever since that, we've been friends. You know, he used to come visit me in California. He's been one of my biggest supporters. Every time I played a game on the East Coast in the NFL, no matter where it was, Washington D.C., uh, the New York Jets, Giants. Um, the Patriots, he would drive to all my games, and all he would ask for tickets. He never asked me for anything, so he's a real genuine friend, and I, you know, I, um, I honor our friendship. That's dope. Shout out to Bird. Yeah, shout out to Bird. So you started touching on a little bit. You realized your dream of being a professional athlete. Did I realize? I it? said you did realize it. So I'm saying you did. You made it to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. you made it to the NFL. So how was that process leaving Pitt and going to the NFL? Well, yeah, the transition was totally different because, uh, first of all, like, where I got drafted, it was a culture shock. Like, I, I moved to San Francisco, coming from Pittsburgh, right, my whole life, growing up here, born and raised here. And I go to, I'm like, what's this tree? That's a palm tree? Like, what's this? This is a burrito? Like, these things were just so new to me. So, like, that was a shock in itself. And then, like, the time zone change and just different things like that. But the transition was smooth. Because- when were you drafted? What do you mean? What yeah. round? Uh, second round. Second round? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, second. So, I, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You held it out, so you must have balled out. I mean, you balled out in college, but you must have performed well in the combine then. <laughs> Not really. You didn't? I don't think so. I didn't actually work out at the combine. I, I had a pro day. Okay, so and, this came a pro day. Okay. And it was like the largest pro day they had in 20-something years. I had every scout here from... Um, the NFL besides one team and Joyce one of the secretaries she's like wow this hasn't happened in years and uh 
And because of that pro day, and I'm glad that I had it here because it gave other guys an opportunity to get a look. And one guy got a look and played in the NFL because of that reason for seven years. And his name is Nick Goins. Oh, yeah. And he was a free agent to the Carolina Panthers because of my pro day I had. So I'm not saying it's me, but the fact that, I mean, I could have performed at the combine, right? And But I was like, no, I'm going to go to Pitt. I know the guy, you know, Jeff McCurley was there. It was other guys that were going, but. I'm glad that we had it here. Definitely, because sometimes guys need they need an opportunity, they need to look. Right. And right. so sometimes the bigger names, they get a chance to do so. Right. Yeah, because it reminded me of, uh, like, when Larry came out, Larry Fitzgerald came out, you know, everybody showed up, and other people got to look because of that. So similar, right, similar, right, right, similar right. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, so San Francisco, Bay Area. Yes. Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a chance to meet all the E-40, those guys. Uh, Seriously. Hell yeah. You met E-40. Yeah, yeah. You say yeah area. He kind of started that lean. Right, right, right. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So, uh, Tell a, me about that. He's a, just a diehard Niner fan. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I know I know he rocks with the Warriors heavy now. Oh, he and I mean, I'm sure he always been a Warriors fan, but you see it more now that they're Yeah, yeah, you know that you know the rappers kind of identify with their sports team local, right? But and and um E forty is like like he's very well respected out there. That's what and, I hear. Uh, he had a venue that I would go to from time to time and open arms, red carpet treatments. So uh great guy, like to this day, you know. What's up, E? You know, he's a good guy. So who was your coach? Uh, San Francisco. <laughs> who was my coach? I had several coaches while I was there. Um, Steve Mariucci. Okay. But the coach that was there, and is the, I think, obviously, you know, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, and Walt Harris would uh, agree with this, is, is about a, a guy by the name of Bill Walsh. Oh, Walsh was the coach. Bill Walsh wasn't the coach. He was the general manager. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because... Yo, got you. Yep. He, he, he drafted me. He was a general manager. Okay. Right? Okay, so I got it to be around another great mind, right? Four Super Bowls, how many West Coast offense. So I was around Walt Harris. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not Walt Harris. Uh, Steve. Uh, Steve Mariucci, uh, Bill Walsh. And uh, I had another coach uh, two years later. His name was Derek Eckerson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Dennis Erickson. Dennis, yep, 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 yep. He was a coach at in Miami's heyday, right, when they right. won those national right. championships. He was there for a year, I think. And then I had another coach by the name of Mike Nolan. So I had three head coaches in five years. Wow. Yeah, so, that, you know, that's kind of tough to, you know, uh, play under. Yeah. So how was it um, playing for the 49ers? 49ers are legendary. I mean, you got Roger Craig. Jerry Rice, Steve Young, yeah. Joe Montana, like to be part of that Niner family. Uh, just to be a part of that family is just an honor. And, and to being around those guys, because, you know, you know, being from Pittsburgh, you see how the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers are, you know, how they treat the Steelers here and how the organization is. It's the same way for out there. Like when you're losing, people take it, they take it hard, right? We got five Super Bowls in San Francisco. And at the time, uh, we had the same as uh, Stillers. I think the Stillers got six now. They have six now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we had five too. So you know that that the standards are high out there. You know, so they expect you to win. So being there and just being treated uh, uh, by a first class organization, like it was a great. Exp- it was like one of the best experiences. Like I was blessed. God blessed me to go to that organization. You know, my uh, first year in the league. You know. Cause I, I, you know, just hearing some stories about other organizations, but yeah, yeah, to go to yeah, first yeah. class organizations, first ready class, to come out, first class, That's awesome. Yes. A fond memory being a 49er. Oh yeah, uh, that's easy. Uh, 
coming back from a, uh, it was in the playoffs playing the New York Giants, and we were down, we was down maybe like twenty nine points, something along those lines. I think it's the second largest comeback ever, and uh, we came back and won that game. So from when y'all were down, it was the second quarter. Like we were down we're for the to... whole game. Well, okay. Actually, no, we we came out and we were winning. And then after that, they just went on a run. And they were up like 29 and 7 or 31 or something. And then we came back from the second quarter. We won it in the fourth quarter by maybe a couple points. But wow. I would say that's, you know, that and also getting 1,000 yards. You know, um, you know, my my first year having five-point yards a carry. My second year leading the NFC in yards per carry. And then, you know, my third year getting 1,000 yards and signing a, you know, signing a second deal. I think those are you know, moments that stand out to me. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's great memories. I mean, a thousand yards as an NFL running back. Oh yeah, that's nothing to, to sleep at. Uh, I mean, I'm, I might, I might give you a little Batman love for you that year. <laughs> you, might, you could be Batman that year. <laughs> be uh, Batman that year. Yeah. So you got 49ers. You started your career there, and then you end up going to another team. Yeah, I was, so I spent five, six years in San Fran, and then I got traded. Like I said, played under three coaches and. uh at the time, they changed ownership, and you know when a new coach comes, he won his guys, right? So I mean, he traded me for a second round pick. It was my fifth or sixth year. By that time, I was beat up. I had like my sixth or seventh knee surgery, so I got traded to the Jets. And the whole Curtis Martin story, right? That's why I think it was appealing for them to want to draft me because of my relationship with Kurt. It was Kurt's last year in New York, and he hurt his knee. So with our relationship, I think he went to them and was like, hey. He could, you know, he, he co-signed for me, and they brought me in. It just didn't work out because uh, I had like microfracture knee surgery the year before, and a Baker cyst removed, and that's major for a running back, right? So, um, it didn't go as well. Yeah. And so, here you talk about some of these injuries, and even Curtis got injured when you were going there. You hear this a lot in the media about the shelf life of an NFL running back, and it's this stigma. When a running back hits 29, 30, pretty much, you know, their career is pretty much over. So what are, you, what are your thoughts about that? Do you believe that's true? And if so, like, what's the reason behind that? Well, during that time when we played, absolutely, because of the wear and tear, right? And then you got to factor in what I think you you get the most wear and tear is during the practices, right? Practices and training camp at that time. Now things have changed due to the collective bargaining agreement. You know, they cut back on practices. They cut back on off season. So I think a lot of the wear and tear happens in the off season and in practices. So, I mean, <laughs> you get hit by six four, six five guys weighing three hundred something pounds coming at you full speed. Wrong, strong man right. coming right, right. Trying to keep their livelihood. Right, and at my size, right, six two, two thirty, playing running back, I'm an easy target. I'm a big target, right. But then you get guys like Emma Smith who are small and tiny who can hide behind their offensive line. You see guys like that have a longer career. But I would say that's about right. You see a downhill uh, climb, the decline around 29 30. 29 30. Yes. Mm. Yeah. How's New York? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, like I said, I was coming off the knee surgery and uh, I got a chance to actually um, appreciate Manhattan. Yeah. Cause I wasn't playing or practicing much, so on my downtime, I just went up and really embraced the city. Like I got to be a tourist for eight or nine months in New York, and it was a great experience. It was one of the one of the best experiences ever. Coming from 
how fortunate was I, right? I came from San Francisco that's true. to Manhattan, New York. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I was just loving life, right? That's true. Yeah, so Two I... Two very expensive cities, so thankfully you were in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great, yeah. though. Yeah, Silicon Valley is the most, one of the most expensive. You got all the dot-coms there. That's so. true. There's an interesting story uh, about Wall Harris. There's a guy by the name of Steve Gutman. That name sounds familiar, he's, but go ahead. He's Walt's best friend. I don't know. Walt, Coach Harris will tell you about this. So he, he used to be he used to be on the sideline with Walt. And he, he would hold the uh, the wires, you know, like he'd be a special guest. And a very, very uh, big uh, guy in real estate. Like he goes in and builds all different types of developments around the world. So my junior year at Pitt, he said, he was just telling me, he was like, hey, yeah, I'm getting ready to go to San Francisco and Santa Clara and... I'm building this uh, big development out there. It's called Santana Row. And I'm a junior at Pitt. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just listening. <laughs> right, like, yeah. I'm like, Santana Row, say right. where's Santa Clara at? Like, <laughs> so one day, right, like two years or three years, I get drafted by San Francisco, right? And I'm driving. And I said, San, Santa Clara. And I see the sign that says Santana Row. I was like, oh, that's, that's that place dude was telling me about three years ago. I was like, wow. And I called Coach Harris up. And Coach was like, I was waiting for you to call me. I said, how'd you remember? And then I, I ended up getting with Mr. Steve Gutman, who's a great guy, by the way. And uh, he built this beautiful development out there. And uh, he was kind enough to let me stay there for free for like three years. Yeah. What? Yeah, three years. Me and Terrell Owens, a good friend of mine, he let us, we had to do appearances. Right. Like they had like Gucci stores and all these different high-end stores on the bottom of the living situation. And we would have to just make appearances from time to time. And we would just live there for rent free. So, Steve Gutman, I just want to wow. say. Wow. Shout out to Coach Steve. Hey, shout out to Steve. Shout out to Coach Harris. How about that? Shout out to you both. Wow, that's love. Thank you, Coach. That's love. That's love. Yeah. T.O. Yeah. You T.O. Yeah. Legendary T.O. Yes. Yeah. How was that being his teammate? You know what? T.O. took a liking towards me. Um, we just clicked. I, this is a bond between receivers and running backs. I don't know what it is, but it's always been like that, right? But um, T.O., uh, after my freshman year, you know, he used to invite me over his house all the time and just try to uh, teach me how to be a pro, mm. right? And uh, I learned a lot of things from him, which I actually I passed down to James Conner, who I spent a lot of time with. But he's like, hey, man, why don't you come down to Atlanta and learn how to train in the offseason, learn how to eat professionally, like a professional eats. And uh, he was like, you can stay with me. You know, he had I got this big house. You can stay on the bottom level. And just learn how to be a pro. And I, I took him up on his offer. And just being around him and being around greatness for all that time. And seeing his uh, desire and his uh, passion just to be great, right? It was one of the best best experiences ever for, for me. Yeah. Mm, that's cool. T-O. Yeah, T to the O. So, how many years did you end up playing in the NFL? Seven. Seven years. Seven. Seven. Seven was the number of completion. How about that? Yeah, my birthday's on the seventh. How about that? And so, how was that transition for you? What's that? From leaving the NFL, it was a career being, career being over. It was a battle uh, for me. Like, uh, I you know, transitioning from the NFL to the real world was uh, it was definitely a battle in my life at that time because um, I it was unexpected, right? You know, when you go into the NFL. And you have success, you think you're going to um, you're going to go out on your own terms, right? But NFL means not for long. Yeah, and anything can happen. 
And at the time that I retired, I really, I mean, I was walking on one leg. So, you know, I was almost forced to retire, like seven knee surgeries on my left knee. But the transition was, it was, it was extremely tough. It was, it was, it was hard for me. You know, uh, fortunately, you know, I was in a position financially where I could take a little bit of time to figure things out before I found something that I was uh, passionate about, like football. But um, it was tough, man. Yeah. Yeah, so you hear that story often. Uh, it it ends too soon. Not too many people could go out on their own time, mm-hmm. and that transition is tough. From you know those opportunities you have, the lifestyle, mm-hmm. and then now it's like you know what's next because you've been playing all the time since elementary, middle school, and all the way through. So you can relate to that. You know you you know you play since a kid, and you get used to the structure and the discipline and being told where to go and what to do and just the camaraderie up the, the community right in the totally. locker room right yep. just hanging out with the, the different guys from down the south yeah. and hearing that banter and it's the, the birds of the right? world okay bird <laughs> right right yeah. so like the transition was tough and even like things that you take you, you don't even think about like just being um able to go to the trainers when you have an injury True. right and, and, and need medicine when you got doctors there or rehab so like then you have to transition into becoming a regular human being you gotta find a doctor you gotta find your own insurance like all these things you know it, you know you go from being catered to to like just you're on your own now and a lot of times people aren't prepared for that and they don't know how to identify those resources that they need because it's all been handed to them or at least set up for them. And they're just, hey, I need this, I need this, and it's handled. Right, exactly. So, like, you, you put on this pedestal as a player, why? I don't get it. So, you know, yeah, like you said, a lot of things are just handed to us. And uh, hopefully now that they got some type of transition classes or skills for the players because I, I don't know, and I don't necessarily know if they had it for me at the time. If they did, I don't know if I – remember but um i think they touch on it at the rookie symposium a little bit but that's like for a day or two right but you need something you need to actually go through some courses kind of like orange arrow a curriculum to try to get these guys to transition into the real world smoothly yeah and so you and i we've always stayed connected at some level you know since college uh, as of, as of late we've been even more in constant communication and one of the things that really has been has stood out to me is your uh, rejuvenated or your your renewed found love for God and your faith. Man, I would love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you know, I've always been a Christian. And no I've doubt. Always. Yeah. Love Jesus and like I mean, you can go back to all my touchdowns. I, you know, I'm always on the knee praying to God. That was just my thing. But I, you know. Um, I mean, life, right? Life happens, and sometimes you you backslide, and and uh, I guess during that transition from the NFL, I, you know, it was kind of I was at a low, you know, ebb, go ebb and flow through life, and I, you know, being an athlete and this uh, that gladiator mindset, you want to take things and just take control and do things for yourself, but. I was at a point where I needed to call on the Lord, right? I literally had to call out Jesus' name and and ask him to come into my life. And he revealed himself to me like no other. And ever since that, I just dedicated my life to the Lord. I'm full in and I'm a, I'm a humble servant of the Lord besides when I'm in Batman role. 
<laughs> I dig it, man. That's awesome. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. So, um, you know, I used to hear my mom and them talk about, oh, you, but now I see what they mean, right? So, uh, I'm a, I love Jesus. I'm a um, holy roller now. Right? <laughs> so, I do everything for the glory of God and everybody, you know, we all have a will, right? And it's God's purpose for us on this earth. And, you know, that's that's what my, my purpose is on this earth. I'm looking for heavenly rewards, not earthly rewards. So, And so, as I said, you know, we stayed in contact and... Most recently, though, you actually reached out to me, wanted to support the work of Orange Arrow. Ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'll call you back. <laughs> so, 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 tell, so tell me, um, tell me why. So, why is Orange Arrow important? Well, you know, I've always admired you from afar, and I think I mentioned that. Like, I always seen what you did with the youth, and I was like, uh, really respected you for that. But, uh, you know, Orange Arrow does some great things to support our youth, and uh, it helps the youth really prepare for the for the future, right? So, um, for me, I feel like the the youth are the future, and the best thing we can do right now is really support our youth, and, uh, and I think Orange Arrow accomplishes that, right? And um, I always just had a passion for kids, seeing them, wanting to see them be the best version of themselves, especially like my upbringing, how I grew up, and that really having a hands-on mentor and just learning uh <laughs> being a guinea pig learning from my own mistakes right? <laughs> so i got a lot of knowledge and learn through trial and error so I, I just want to be able to give the kids some feedback and seeing you already do that you're doing that already so i just admired you doing that and wanted to uh be a part of that some way so um and our, our need our children they need us right now right true story right so yeah yeah we gotta yeah. train them up to be be the right in the right way Nah, man, I'm excited, man. I'm excited what the future holds for you, the future holds for us and your involvement with Orange Arrow because uh, I don't have all the answers, but I created the vehicle so we can identify the answers right. to ultimately to impact the lives of more and more children. Yeah, I, amen to that. You know, we got to. I think it's our duty to give back and, uh, you know, um, I just got to give my testimony to the youth and let them know how good the Lord is, right? Yeah. And also teach them how to... Uh, tie they tie. Come on now, let's go. <laughs> More than an athlete, right? Like we athlete, are, right? Like Teach we are. To learn about credit, yeah. Right now, you talking? Hey, I had to learn the hard way out there at the cathedral, uh, signing those cards. Yeah, credit cards. Yeah, they it's, get you in college. It's, yeah, you gotta stay away from it. Yeah, they did. Now. They did. They didn't stop it when I was in college. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Teach them about credit, right? Teach them about budgeting. Yeah, all the above. All the above. So Orange Arrow accomplished that, and I really admire that about you and. uh I think that you know that's the that's the way of the future. You know your curriculum is going to be worldwide someday. So we receive you know, it. Yeah, we ready receive for it. it. I receive that. Amen. I think we may end it on that. <laughs> I think we may end on that, man. Good. My brother, Mr. Kevin Barlow. Thank you for your time, your energy, your love, and your support. Always. Uh, we're gonna do this again next time. Maybe we'll bring Coach Harris. We gave him a lot of love, a lot of shout outs. So we need to bring him on here and uh, the three of us have a good time. Hey. Well, Coach Harris played an instrumental part in our lives and helping us become, uh, at that time, young men. So uh, I have nothing but the utmost respect for, for Coach Harris. Same here. I want to know my guy Barlow, my guy Lusaka, my guy Penny, my guy Slade, yeah. my guy Bird, my guy V-Dub. We can just keep going and going and going. Thank you, Coach. All love to everyone. Yes, sir. Thanks, KB. Appreciate you, bro. All day. Anytime. All right. My man. God bless. Hey, bless like what you hear? Please help support Orange Arrow by giving any monetary gift. 
A gift of just $10 will sponsor a life skills playbook for a young student athlete. $35 will sponsor nutrition for an in-class session for 15 student athletes. $50 will allow a young student athlete to attend a fine dining experience. And $100 allows a young student athlete to attend an arts and culture event. Please visit our website at orangearrow.org to donate. Again, that's orangearrow.org and the donate button is in the right header. Thank you.